Hello, welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, J.P. Wiggins, who is co-founder and vice president of 3GTMS. And today we're going to talk about the benefits of dynamic pool distribution. Now, pool distribution is not new. Uh, it's, it's been a topic that uh, you know, many transportation logistics uh, professionals have been involved with for, for quite some time. But uh, what I'm finding is that there is increased interest in uh, pool distribution. Uh, it is becoming a, a more important component of the transportation and logistics strategies of many companies. And, uh, and there's also kind of new and fresh approaches to think about uh, you know, pool distribution, it's particularly when you think about it from a technology standpoint with all the innovation that's taking place. Um, so, you know, so what's driving some of this you know, increased demand and attention on pool distribution, kind of what's new and different? Uh, well, that's why we have uh, JP here. I mean, he's on the, on the front lines of this every day there at 3GTMS. Uh, I've known uh, JP for, for many, many years. He's got a you know, wealth of knowledge and, and experience in this area. So, uh, JP, great to have you on the program today. Great. Thanks. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks. Like to be, glad to be here. So. Great. Um, you know, JP, since you're a first-time guest, you know, I always like to ask, uh, just for the benefit of our audience, uh, you know, to provide a little bit of back, background and context of, in, in terms of your experience and uh, you know, knowledge in this area. Why don't you kind of just share a little bit about your career path, you know, how and why you got involved with supply chain logistics to oh, begin sure. with, and, and kind of what, what your yeah. role and responsibilities are there at 3GTMS. Okay, perfect, perfect. So um, Ohio State grad in transportation logistics, actually I'm dating myself here, but I went and worked as a traffic manager. It was my first role out of job, my first job out of college. Um, it was a service merchandise, so I was a traffic manager there, and we actually hired the Sun Carrier Group, if you remember them, um, and they were a group of LTL companies that got together, and we were doing some pool distribution with them, but we'll come back to that later. I uh, got into software uh, right after uh, service merchandise, uh, worked at a company called Bocamp Systems, and then uh, Mitch West and I, we started a company called Wesley Software that became Red Prairie, uh, now JDA. Um, after that, did a stint at Descartes Systems for a little bit, and then uh, we started a company called G-Log, which we sold to Oracle in 05 and that's Oracle Transportation Management. Uh, spent about eight years at SAP on the supply chain side. And then uh, four years ago, a little more than four years ago, we got back together, um, Mitch and myself and a few others, and we started a 3GTMS. 3GTMS, I'm uh, in charge of channels and partners, so biz dev. Great. Well, gosh, I, I'm exhausted just listening to, you know, that whole whirlwind experience. And I, again, so again, a, a lot of uh, experience, not only on the educational front, uh, you know, obviously, I, I think, uh, you know, I think you're, you're the exception to a lot of uh, executives that I have on board that, you know, started their career in engineering or manufacturing or somewhere else. I think uh, it's becoming more common now to find people that actually have, you know, a supply chain and logistics kind of educational background. So you, you were among the early pioneers there. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of us then in the days, in the 80s, that's for sure. So great, great. Well, so, so let's talk now about the, uh, the topic at hand. You, you know, like I said in my, you know, opening comments, I mean, pool distribution is not you know, necessarily new, but, but it is getting, you know, more attention these days from transportation and logistics executives. Um, I mean, are you seeing increased demand for pool distribution capabilities from your clients and prospects and, and what's driving this demand? Yeah. And I guess um, if you think about it in the years ago, actually for the past few decades, what did we do in supply chain? We were really focused on some, optimizing the network. And if you looked up your supply chain into your APO, your advanced planning and optimization, your network locations and where your distribution centers are, everyone was focused on efficiencies and full truckload and full order and full order quantities. And that was the real big challenge that we had over the past couple of decades. Um, along comes now and, you know, is the, the Amazon effect or the e-commerce effect that's happening now. And we're seeing order cycles are a lot faster. 
Uh, they're a lot more dynamic, and we're seeing a lot more where your order cycles are faster and they're less quantities, and they're not optimized for the, what we used to optimize across the supply chain. So you're going to see a lot more smaller shipments is the end result, and, and, and that's across a lot of different industries. It's not just a retail thing. It's a manufacturing thing. You're seeing oil, gas, a lot of industries where you see this e-commerce effect, and since you've got a lot more smaller shipments, you're seeing a lot more LTL, and if you're seeing a lot more LTL and you're moving that LTL between regions, well, that's the solution that pool distribution solves. It solves that if I'm moving regional freight, LTL, less than truckload quantities, or even multiple parcels, that's what pool distribution does to solve that problem. So, yeah, it's, it's starting to make a little bit of a comeback. I mean, we're seeing it, um, you know, especially in manufacturing and then retail right now. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's a great point. I think, I think you, you kind of, uh, you, you know, summarize it pretty well. I mean, I think when you look at uh, even even things that let's say like Walmart or, or Target, you know, where they're kind of tightening their delivery time windows, right? A lot of those folks are looking to minimize the inventory that they carry on hand. So what that does is they're kind of requiring their suppliers, you know, manufacturers and others, to uh, uh, to your point, make more frequent and smaller deliveries, right? Yeah, and retail, it's that whole omni-channel. I mean, and the Amazon effect is just driving everything there. If you don't have a, a single brand strategy and you're not looking at your fulfillment methods, um, you're, you know, you're, everyone is, every major shipper in that whole space. Is, but what we're also seeing is, is it's not just retail, that that whole Amazon effect, that, that ex- expectation of a delivery model is now it's not just a B2C thing anymore. It's a B2B function. And you know what, if I'm, if I'm a consumer and I'm buying on Amazon, but I also happen to be the product manager at some oil and gas company or some manufacturing company, I'm expecting that type of service now of what I'm getting on my consumer side. So it's, it's proliferating itself across the whole, the whole supply chain. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. Now, can, can you give some, you know, examples or scenarios where, you know, pool distribution comes into play. In other words, I mean, and you kind of touched upon this a little bit, yeah. but I mean, I, I mean, what type of operations would benefit the most from using pool distribution? You know, it's, it's really, it's anybody that's moving LTL freight regionally. It, between regions, excuse me. So if you have any volume, let's say it's, you know, more than three, $5 million of LTL freight, and you're moving that freight across different regions in North America, then you're a candidate for pool distribution. Um, that's the big one. Uh, you know, customers really, they'll gain the advantage of, being able to line haul the freight truckload into a pool point. So you, you get the, the cost reductions there related to using line haul, uh, but then you also get an improved uh, service time because it's faster. And that's maybe one of the things that we're seeing is that people are like, you know what, these LTL going through the LTL network, it's just too lengthy. I need to get the freight there faster. Um, and you can also get creative with your modes, like perhaps use a, you know, a, a rail dry rate, you know, intermodal move to, to make your line haul move there to help really reduce your cost more. So it's a, you know, affection of reducing your costs and improving, improving performance. So great, great. Cheap, cheaper, faster, right? Cheaper, faster. Yeah. yeah, that, that's always, that, that, that's been the, uh, uh, the main objective in, for supply chain and, and transportation professionals, you know, particularly. And I think, you know, I think you're right. I think the, it's that time dimension. Obviously cost is always important, but I think it's the time dimension and even more time definite. It's becoming even more time definite that's driving, you know, you know, some of this as well. Well, and if you're in a big visibility type of need, you can't track LTL very well. Once you put it into an LTL's carrier network, this is no, 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 no fault of the LTL carrier, but they can't really track where your freight is. They can tell you if something's gone wrong, but if you're using a line haul, you can track line haul now. You can know where that truck is at full. And if you've got you know, if you want to know GPS tracking or the EDL tracking that everyone's able to do now, you can put that on your trucks and know where your freight is better. So you get a little benefit. And there's a little minor one, which is reduction of claims. Some freight's being handled less. It's not going through the network. So, you know, you get a little less reduction in OS&D claims. So 
Just a yeah, no, yeah, great points. I, I think you, you touched upon something that I'm, I want to get to, you know, a little bit later in terms of some of the benefits and, and things like that. Uh, but, but let's talk about technology, you know, now and, and particularly, you know, transportation management systems. I mean, what, what capabilities are required, you know, to effectively enable, you know, pull distribution? What's, what's kind of new and different? today in yeah. the TMS to enable this than it was, yeah. let's say, a few years back? Yeah, good question. This one's near and dear to me. It's, it's in a world that's simpler. Um, if you imagine the way the optimization tools worked in previous lives and, you know, decades ago, uh, and some of which I use a lot of, is you needed to be a software engineer or almost a logistics engineer to actually set up and manage and tunes. The systems were great. They're doing a lot of hard math that's happening in optimizations, but the modern systems that we've been able to come out with very recently, they, they're designed for a standard route planner to be able to set up, use, and manage. So you don't, we've taken the hard math out of it and let the computer do the hard math and then let the user focus on routing freight, managing freight. So let the computer figure out what it should be. Let the computer do the dynamic mode optimization and all that and, 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 and just make it simple. So that's the biggest, in a, in a sense, is, you know, being able to just quickly set something up. So like in a modern system now, I can go to find a pool point. If there's LTL rates that exist, it'll just start using them. If there's services for those carriers, we'll just start using them. It's a build function. We were able to build on everything that we built before so that, you know, nowadays a person can set up a pool point, you know, literally in just a matter of a few minutes in a, in a modern system and then not have to, and then just start using it. Right. And I know one of the things that, that we've talked about in the past is, is kind of this, you know, difference or, or maybe you can help define it, you know, kind of the static approach, let's say, versus a more dynamic approach to, to pool distribution. Can, can you kind of differentiate the two and, and what are the pros and cons or the benefits of a, of a dynamic approach? Yeah, so dynamic would be, let's say that I have a pool location in Houston and I have a pool location in Dallas um, and they overlap and they all can deliver that area of the South and entire Texas, maybe even back to Oklahoma, and I'm shipping out of Milwaukee, for example. So um, on any given day, based on my volume of freight and where the freight's going, it may be better to go to Houston, or it may be better to go to Dallas and drop my freight. I may also want to drop freight in transit along the way. And so that's what it means by dynamic pull points is you don't have to know which one is going to be best on any day. Let the computer dynamically figure out from a cost efficiency standpoint, what's the better one. And then that's another piece of that simpler that were before, you know, being able to just, you know what, I don't care that these points overlap. You know, that was a big problem many optimizations engines had in previous generations is that it, it would get confused if you had overlapping service points. Now you just let the computer figure out which one's best. Some days you may actually want to go to Houston and Dallas and we've, that'll happen and people look at you and go, well, that's crazy. And, but then you look at the results and the math and uh, the cost savings and people say, well, yeah, well, maybe it makes sense that I'm going to go to Houston and Dallas today. So now, now has this been facilitated by enhancements in, you know, the algorithms that we use today, as well as cloud computing, you know, the fact that, you know, we've got more computing power today to kind of do this in more real time. Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, you know, everything is a build. Like, we're able to electronically tend it to the carriers now. We're electronically locate freight now. We're able to... Um, electronically know the service standards for an LTL care. We're able to know their terminal locations. And so all of that is like a build effect. And, and actually all of that's new from when earlier generations of TMSs were created. I mean, you didn't really have that before. You know, you've, you've, been, you've been able to build it and add it in, but now we're able to use it in our optimization so that I can use service standards and rates and building. And then, you know, cloud computing is nice because, um, you know, I don't have to run anything on my local PC or I have to download the client server. And in fact, that's how a lot of them still run is I'll have it up in my cloud 
out and I download and I run my processing on my server. Now, you know, nowadays we just, you know, we offload all that work to the cloud. So everything's just done within a browser. So it just, it just makes it simpler. And then I'm not transferring data all over the place. I'm just running in one platform in one location. Right, right. Now you, you touched upon this a little bit um, uh, right now, but you know, you also recently wrote a, a blog post, uh, I guess, commentary for, for talking logistics where you wrote about the importance of, super users yeah. in achieving, yep. you know, the, the maximum be benefits in a TMS. Um, I mean, what, what role do you super users play, including, you know, route planners in, you know, implementing and, uh, you know, implementing pool distribution and achieving the ma maximum benefits there? You know, it's, it's um, like if you want to talk the autonomous truckload now, we're not eliminating a driver, you know, but making an autonomous vehicle means you're making it safer for the driver. Now, and that's the same with like TMS. We're not eliminating the route planner. I kind of like think of the TMS as the race car, but we still need a driver. A faster race car, a better race car, and, you know, it's going to be better and it's going to help you win more races, but you still need a driver. You can't eliminate the needs and the use of the driver. And the same in transportation planning today is that there's still so many things that dynamically happen in an environment that are let's call it cardinal or tribal knowledge, um, things like if I'm a manufacturer and my customers are placing orders, I may know that there's going to be future orders in two or three hours. So let me hold on to this freight for a few days, but yet I have to release other freight to the warehouse to get them to pick and ship. So there's a lot of interaction that needs to happen from the route planner's perspective. Our job in the TMS is let's do the hard math. Let the computer do the hard math of the service, the cost, the, the which carrier should I be using? How much carrier capacity does everybody have? Let's do that and let's present it in a nice simple format so that the route planner can make those intelligent decisions. So it's a it augments the route planning function. And you know, you're 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 talking tens of millions of dollars at many companies. So you're talking this is a lot. This is still something that you want to pay attention to. So, you know, eliminating the route planner, yeah, you can do, you can eliminate the route planner if all you're doing is just consolidation or just picking a mode. But if you're doing true optimization, you want a good route planner and, you know, your best route planners, you know, they, they just find ways to make systems sync. Right, right. No, I, I love that phrase. And uh, I think you're right. I think what it does from my perspective when I talk to, to companies uh, and some of these power users is it enables them to focus on the thing that's going to leverage their intelligence and their know-how the best yeah. versus yeah. taking up their time doing kind of the mundane yeah. administrative or things Let the that could do that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So, so let's talk about, you've kind of hinted along the way here, you know, some of the benefits of, of pool, you know, distribution. Can, can you kind of detail a little bit about, you know, what are some, perhaps some of the, 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 the buckets of uh, benefits and value that, that companies see and, you know, maybe can you share a customer example of two of, of how this has been put in action? Um, yeah, sure. Um, so both from a 3PL and a shipper perspective. So if you're a 3PL, the, one of the big things happens is, is here's a new offering in your kit bag that your sales is going to be able to go out and sell. Um, and there's still a lot of shippers out there that just, they love to use their 3PLs. They don't want to invest in TMS and this is exactly perfect for them. So if you, you know, you want to put something else as, as another offering in your bag, well, this is what it does. Um, NFI, I went to a presentation NFI did at TMW's show last year and uh, they're using our optimization engines and they've done this to their sales force. So, you know, guys, NFI out of New Jersey. So they've added optimization in their kit bag and it's an offering that you can come to them. Um, they'll help you set up the pool points They'll help you manage the freight and they'll do as much of the managed transportation service as you need or as little. It's, you know, it's a classic 3PL role there too. So that's one. Um, from, a, from a shipper's perspective, uh, I always like to talk about Bemis because um, everyone knows Bemis. Uh, everyone uses Bemis products, you know, toilet products and bathroom products. And they're an American manufacturer based in Milwaukee, and they manufacture plastic molded pieces and a lot of other bathroom products. And it's shipped 
pretty much wherever you're going to find Bemis, anywhere in North America. And they extensively use pool distribution on a daily basis. And it's those types of examples. Like, did Target order enough today? Target is now, they're rapid, their order quantities are changing and much more rapid. The same with, they, you know, they sell to Walmart and Home Depots and Lowe's and wherever else you're going to find these products. And so they've got these constant orders are coming in and customers are changing orders and they have to manage what manufacturing, what, what inventory is on stock and they have to keep the warehouse full, shipping freight out. But um, they, they ship a ton. You know, most of their freight is LTL-ish because it's a very light plastic product and it's almost a, a good 50, 60% of their freight now is uh, from pool. Um, generally, it, it's tough to say how much people save, saving pool. It's, it's a very much, it depends. Um, but, you know, rough gut numbers tell me that you're able to ship about 20% faster. So uh, on average, you can, you know, you'll, you'll knock a day or two off of a, a move. The longer the move, the more days you can drop off. Um, and it's about 20% cheaper, you know, off your LTL bill. So, you know, there are some significant cost savings. And then if you throw in the full optimization, you might even be able to see a little more of that where you're managing multi-stop routes, choosing the best carriers based on capacity. And then you combine it with, uh, uh, you know, which carriers are picking up which loads, which capacity carriers have. And even if you want to throw in some light brokerage and spot quote stuff in there, you can do it all at the same. So that's how you, you get into that total optimization of route planning thing. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously, I mean, there's those those transportation specific metrics and, and savings buckets and, and value proposition. Mm-hmm. But but I think if you go back to you, know, you, you talked about, let's say the, the example of serving, you know, target and you talked about yeah. the, we, we talked about, you know, the Amazon effect and a big part of the Amazon effect is to be customer centric, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think, you know, it might be one of those soft things that might be difficult to measure. But I think that, you know, if you're able to uh, meet the needs of your customers requirements and they're and they're changing all the time you know you're going to be a preferred supplier you're going to be perhaps gain more market share or more shelf space whatever the case might be uh because you're consistently meeting their cost of service requirements as it's becoming even more and more challenging you know to yeah. me or if you're the fulfillment provider on the other side it's, it's doing the same thing being that hyper specialized fulfillment provider to maintain that need for that person so you know it's it's a, it is it's an exciting world right now i mean it's a very dynamic it's constantly changing but it's a it's 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 quite fun right well it's it's what keeps it all keeps it all ex- uh, exciting here uh jp we're running running short on time here so i'm just going to go right to my, my last question you know as a, as a way to wrap up i mean what questions should uh, you know, companies, you know, shippers ask themselves to, you know, assess whether they should implement, you know, pool distribution within their transportation operations or to assess if, you know, the way they're doing it now is as effective as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for one, it's, it's that volume of LTL freight. There's a, there's a metric there. Anything over a couple of million dollars of freight, it's worth at least having a conversation with somebody. If you're shipping more than $5 million freight, for sure, you really should be looking at pool distribution. There really is no dent down, no downside to not. Um, if you're shipping a decent amount of freight and you want to start using intermodes, like intermodes for your line haul, and you want to figure out other ways, that's, that's another big piece there for, for pool distribution itself is trying to really, do I need to bring in optimization itself? Do it, do I have the flexibility? Um, if you're reinventing your distribution network is another piece too. So if you're looking at where you should locate your distribution facilities, a lot of times you might be able to, to eliminate some distribution facilities, but still maintain the same level of services by uh, spending more on your transportation legs. So it's so if you're doing a distribution network optimization, you know, sometimes, hey, look at using cool as another alternative there. It's just something to put in your kit bag. Um, it's not a one size fits all. It's it's also, uh, and it's not for everybody too. But, you know, if you're, you know, it, we always said, hey, everyone always looked at zone skipping for LTL freight. This is zone skipping for LTL freight is what this is. And, you know, it's just a way to move forward. And it's another mode that, you know, can be considered for many. 
Great, great. Well, uh, JP, as I always say at the end of all our episodes, you know, we always just manage to scratch the surface on, on these topics, but I think you provide some great insight and, and advice for companies with regards to, again, this, this topic, pool distribution, that you know, is becoming a more important part of the transportation operations of, of many companies out there. So again, thank you for making the time to be with oh, us today. Happy to be here. Great. And I want to thank those of you that joined us today. Uh, if you are watching this episode on demand via the 3G TMS website or Talking Logistics, and you've got a question for uh, JP, uh, you can post it there, and I'm sure that he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you all for joining us today and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.